Welcome back. Jordana Green here, joined as always by my co-host, Kate Kelly, PNC Regional President for Minnesota. We are on the C-Speak Minnesota, the language of executive podcast. Kate, so thrilled to be joined by you again. Likewise. Um, I'm so looking forward to this podcast. Thanks. Great to hear your voice. Yeah, this one's really personal for me, Kate. As you know, and um, our listeners at WCCO Radio know, I was diagnosed with T-cell ALL, a form of leukemia, in October, and I have been in treatment ever since. So when I found out we were interviewing the CEO of Be The Match, which is exciting, the title of this podcast is Turning Life-Altering Events into greatness with our hashtag be the match, I thought this could not be more timely because this is an organization that matches people like me with blood cancers to folks who need transplants. And it's unclear yet whether my first round of treatment is going to result in transplant. It might just be eight rounds of chemo, but I am long familiar with Be The Match because I had a cousin who had AML, another form of leukemia, 10 years ago. She joined Be The Match. She got a successful bone marrow transplant, is living healthfully today. And in fact, I just got an email from Be The Match that one of the people we signed up for her team, Match for Maxine, 10 years ago, um, saved the life of another 68-year-old man. So, I mean, Kate, just couldn't be more timely for this one. Oh, you know, it's just a tingling effect. It's just wonderful when those things happen. Um, I just love those stories. And and thank you for sharing your yeah. story, Jordana. You got it. Now, Be The Match, many people don't know, it's, it's a local organization in Minnesota, and it impacts patients globally now. Each year, Be The Match helps save nearly 6,700 lives worldwide. And for patients battling blood cancers like me or blood diseases, often their only hope is a bone marrow transplant. Be The Match facilitates those life-saving therapies by matching donors through the world's largest registry to patients. They collect donors' cells. It's just a simple cheek swab. It's not invasive. You do it at home. It's super easy. It's free. And they also collect data on every transplant so they can continuously perform research to improve the outcomes. Joining us today from Be The Match is CEO Amy Ronnenberg. Amy started at Be The Match as their CFO in 2013. And now as CEO, she leads more than 1,300 professionals and 3,000 volunteers fighting so all people, irrespective of background, get the cell therapy they need. She enjoys speaking at national and local events related to leadership and its impact on others, and taking a traumatic event and turning it into a positive impact to oneself and others. I'm not sure if all our listeners know that Be The Match or National Marrow Donor Program is headquartered right here in the Twin Cities, and it's the largest nonprofit other than our healthcare systems in Minnesota with annual revenue of approximately $500 million, twice the size of the second largest nonprofit in the state. Last year, Be The Match raised over $11 million in philanthropic support, which, along with their other revenue streams, allows the organization to fund research, diversify the registry, and remove barriers for patients before, during, and after transplants. Boy, this gives me a real sense of pride being a Minnesotan, and I hope it does for all our listeners. Amy, for those who haven't heard of Be The Match, can you tell us a little bit about what the organization does? Absolutely, Kate. Um, First of all, thank you, Jordana and Kate, for having me on today. It's just really a pleasure and an honor to be with you today. And Jordana, it's great to hear that you're doing as well as you're doing on your cancer journey. I know it's it's a challenging fight, so it's great to be with you here today. Thank you. 
So Be The Match, um, as mentioned, is a local organization, yet our work is international. Be The Match registers donors onto our registry. We have the largest registry in the world, but we also access all the registries in the world. So we have access to over 38 million donors worldwide. And so if you're a patient searching for a match, um, we are able to take your information and match you to donors throughout the world. Once that donor has been selected, we work with the donor very closely to go through their physical exam, to go through the process. And the process, you know, it's so interesting because there's so many TV shows about bone marrow donation and they make it into this, we're gonna take part of your body out. And, and it's not that at all. 80% of the time you are literally sitting in a chair watching movies and it's very much like blood donation where from one arm we're taking your blood out, it's going through a process where I say we take the good stuff out and then we put the blood back into your system. So it's an IV um, and you're able to sit and enjoy and, and watch, watch a movie or whatever it is. And that life-saving bag is literally um, the ability to save someone's life. And so we then transport those cells anywhere in the world and 25% of the time, you would be a donor for someone outside of the U.S. 25% of the time, as a patient, you're receiving cells from somewhere outside the U.S. Because the matching process is far more rigorous and challenging than, say, a blood match, just a blood donor match. And so we go through a process, and there's hundreds of millions of different um, components and potential matches. And so that matching process happens through Be The Match. We then deliver the cells. Those cells are then provided to the patient. And then we track the data afterwards from every transplant that happens in the United States. So we can use that data to do research and find ways in which we can help outcomes improve and quality of life improve for patients everywhere. It's an incredible, incredible organization. And you had an interesting experience, Amy, when you started interviewing with Be The Match. This is kind of a more personal experience. I hope you don't mind that we're going there, but you know, this is a life-saving organization. So tell us about that, that time when you were interviewing with them. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I, I love telling the story because I think it embodies the organization. I think it embodies the values and the culture of our organization. So I um, had spent a, a significant amount of my career at a, another local organization, Capella, and although we were a public company, we were doing great work and, and allowing people to reach their dreams and, and get their uh, education at a time that, you know, they were really ready to go back to school. Um, I, I left Capella and went to an organization that was PE owned, and it was very focused on the bottom line, and it quickly occurred to me, I needed to be somewhere that had a mission. And it was almost like, you know, fate because I, I received a call later that week when this realization happened for me that Be The Match was looking for a CFO. So started the interview process and just fell in love with the company. I just, I knew this was the place I wanted to be. And right before my last interview, um, I received a call on May 7th, 2013. And I heard those words that you don't want to hear, uh, those words that you have cancer. And so I called Be The Match and I said, well, I, you know, I love this organization, but I'm going to have to, you know, obviously pull myself out of the running and, you know, I'm facing this. I don't know what, what's 
tomorrow is going to bring. And the CEO basically said, you know, you're the one for the job and we're all about second chances and a second chance at life. Have your surgery. Let's figure out what your plan is um, kind of for the next year and let's talk. So I had my surgery, came back and said, you know, it's looking like 16 rounds of chemo and probably maybe three, four more surgeries afterwards. And Be The Match basically said, you know, you're the one. And um, again, we're all about that second chance at life and saving lives. And we're in it for the long haul. And really for that first year of my career at Be The Match, you know, I had chemo brain, was, um, didn't have any hair. I was probably in the most vulnerable state of my life. Um, but this organization just rallied around me and lifted me up every day and made sure that I was able to contribute, but also they were able to step in when I wasn't able to even get out of bed to answer the phone, as you tend to have some of those days. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it, it really is one of those really special places um, that we have here in Minnesota that really live their mission. It's not just words, it is action every day that we take. Amy, that is just a beautiful story. I mean, talk about the mission of the organization and you being the very right leader for them and the second chance piece of it. I just love that. This just so much good in this, especially in these times. I just love hearing that story. Um, You know, what can I ask you, what has being a cancer survivor taught you and how can you take some of those learnings and apply them given that we're going through a very tragic time? Yeah, you know, I think... Whenever we face difficult situations, it could be death of a loved one, a cancer diagnosis, a medical diagnosis, or quite frankly, all of us are facing some really challenging times at varying levels. The first thing you kind of want to do is why and when is this going to be over and why me? And you kind of go through all the negatives. And I did that for a while too and realized very quickly that this is an opportunity and this happened to me for a reason and I need to adjust my attitude around this and really embrace this experience because there are benefits. You know, there's songs about there, you know, live like you're dying and and you go to a funeral and for the next few days you live a different way because you're thinking about that, you know, we're not going to live forever. And I think when you have an experience like this, it really shakes you to your core and it allows you to really assess what's important in life. And I don't think everyone is given that gift all the time. Although I do feel like this pandemic has really allowed us to have the time and the space to really reflect. And so that I would maybe characterize it as three main things that I I really took away from that experience. And I hope people can take the time now as we're in a very different state of the world. And every day there seems to be something else that's that's throwing a curveball at us, um, that you can do the same. And it may be these same three, it may be different ones. But for me, the first was to live fully. And you get this wake up call that that there is, we all know it, we all know death and taxes, right? But you get this wake-up call that it's real when someone starts talking about a survival rate to you. And so I really take every day and know that every day I am so lucky to be alive and that every day is so important. So don't wait to do things. You know, so often before that I would say, yeah, I wanna go there someday or I wanna do that someday. 
just do it. You know, great example is my, my um, she was six at the time and um, we were looking at MEA and I was looking at Florida, New York, let's go on a trip somewhere. We started traveling a lot after cancer to see the world and to experience other cultures. My six-year-old says, why don't we go to Paris, mom? I've always wanted to go to Paris. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, me too, hon. And I look and the tickets were like this great price. I'm like, we're going to Paris. So you just, it, it's really something that, Again, and it crosses into my work a lot since I know what it means to wonder if tomorrow will really be there and how important our time is. So really making every day matter, um, making sure that for those patients that we serve, waiting even a day feels like an eternity when you're waiting for information or do you have a, a donor. So really being able to inject that into the organization I think the second thing is, you know, our time is limited. We, we all work a lot. We, ha we have a lot of different obligations and activities going on. Really take inventory of what you have in your life and make sure you're spending time with the right people, the people who fill your bucket, the people who when you leave, you know that you've become a better person, not the people who, you know, have that negativity. Spend time truly doing what you love doing, what brings you joy. I know we have so many options in life, so you're going to have to learn to say no, which can be hard, but really take inventory of what you have going on in your life. And then the last one, which has been the most important, is just give back. I found through um, that journey I started making cards and sending cards and just telling people how much I really, really cared about them and how much they meant to me. And I found that that time of just giving even those words, not necessarily gifts, really brought me joy. And so really focusing on those in need and what you can do um, and be the match. You know, it's, it's the greatest gift, right? The gr you give somebody life. You are their ability to have a second day, ability to see their family, an ability, you know, we hear so much, the ability to walk my daughter down the aisle, whatever it is. So joining the registry, you could be that one person who matches to somebody and that one person who could be there tomorrow. So find, find those ways. Um, there's so many fabulous opportunities to to be part of the community right now and to help. I know, um, you know, would be the match is a great one that you can do in the comfort of your home, swab your cheek, join the registry and save somebody's life. Yeah, th those are, Amy, those are beautiful sentiments. I I'm still learning my cancer lessons. They're teaching me every day um, and I appreciate them and I try to have open ears and open heart uh, when they come my way. But you are also um, in a different kind of struggle now, as we all are. We're all living through this pandemic. So what, what are some of the learnings that you're having to learn and having to use leading through a pandemic? And how can we be better leaders when something like a global pandemic hits us? Yeah. You know, I think... First of all, you can impact someone's life every day, right? We as leaders run across so many people. And, you know, I think there's sometimes this mentality of, well, I'm going to give back or I'm going to do something great when I retire. Well, as a leader, you can truly impact somebody's life every day. 
whether it's a hello or a smile or getting to know people on the team personally, really understanding what motivates them or maybe the struggles they're having, checking in with them. It's those simple acts of kindness at work that can truly impact someone and, and you know, truly make a difference in their day. And it doesn't have to be something huge. You know, and, and it can even be writing a thank you card to someone who did an amazing job. It's a little more challenging right now to have that face-to-face -face and that personal contact, but you know, who doesn't love getting mail during this time? That's a thank you. Um, I would also say, you know, I've, after cancer, I really changed my view on work-life balance. I know people are struggling with that right now. But I think if we can shift our lens a little bit as leaders and really focus our days on doing what you love. You know, if you're really struggling and just hating every minute of what's going on, you're probably not in the right role. You're probably not in the right job. But if you really love what you do, this kind of intersection that we're experiencing of being at home and sometimes having children there too, I'm not saying it's not difficult, trust me it is, but find that, find that throughout your day that you're continuing to do what you love and having that really quality time. I, I learned that it's not quantity with the children, um, it's the quality. And so when you're with your kids, have that real quality with them. When you're at work, be really focused. Um, and make sure you're doing something that you can be really proud of. I really did a lot of um, thinking about that. And, and, you know, my kids now get to see me work all day, right? Because they're sitting not far from me doing their homework. And I love that they get to see their mom doing that. And they are really proud of what I do. They talk about my mom saves lives. And so I think it's really important that you're teaching your kids, especially during this time, what it means to be a leader. They're watching, even if we don't think they are, they're watching how we're leading. And so it's just a phenomenal opportunity that you, we may never get again, that your kids can really watch what you're doing during the day and hear and see you. And I think the most important is to be authentic. It is hard. Um, I think it's great to be vulnerable. I've gotten more compliments when I share the really messy stuff with the organization than anything. Um, I've been doing a weekly video and I do a top five and we kind of started this almost top five things we love about being home, top five things we miss, thinking this was gonna go on for a month and here we are, I think that's like the 45th top five. But I get more compliments when my top five is the top five meals I make and the number one meal that I'm making these days is chocolate chip pancakes because it's easy and quick <laughs> and people say, wow, that's great, I don't feel so bad anymore. Um, you know, or just sharing the story how I told my my eight-year-old to keep herself busy and she lathered the dog with peanut butter, so, and peanut mm. butter all over the house. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just being vulnerable because everyone's in a tough spot. And, you know, I think if they see you as your true self, um, I I think I used to try to fit the mold of what others thought I should be or what other leaders thought I should be. And I think during cancer, you know, Oscar Wilde's quote of be yourself, everybody else is taken really resonated mm -hmm. with me. Right. And, and as a leader, you, that is so important. And you don't want a bunch of leaders who are like you. You want 
everybody to bring themselves to the table and to be themselves and to bring those differences and those different experiences. And so I think really doubling down on it right now, it's a little actually, I think, easier to be vulnerable and authentic right now because we've let people into our homes. Oftentimes a dog or a cat or a child is running in and it's acceptable for that right now. So you have that opportunity now, probably more than ever to be that person. Those would probably be the three that I would, I would recommend for, for folks as they're going through these really difficult times. I don't know, Jordana, I love, loved your stories and those points, Amy. Those are great. I wrote them down. And, you know, I recently received one of your thank you notes, Amy, over the holidays. And as, you, as we've gotten to know each other over the last year or two, you know, I thought after I got your thank you, know, I thought, you know, Amy really represents genuine, kind, and compassionate leadership. So here you are making these points, and I think it just brings it home for our listeners. Um, just that genuine peace and how much that means to your employees, but the community and the work that you're doing. So I think that's amazing. Wonderful. You know, I'm going to shift a little bit and ask you, Amy, if you could share with us some of the greatest challenges at Be The Match. And this is your opportunity with all of our listeners to kind of put, you've put the ask out there, but to be really yeah. clear, you know, what are your challenges and how can we help, you know? Oh, thank you. So COVID impacted us just like everybody. Um, and as we all know, cancer doesn't care about COVID. Patients are still getting sick. Patients are still desperately in need of, the, of a life-saving transplant. Our entire operations were impacted by COVID. Again, as I mentioned, 50% of the time there's an international component and when borders closed, that became very challenging. We were able to receive a, a blanket waiver from the CDC but so that that has still been able to allow us to do some just phenomenal work. And actually last year we had our, our best year in the history of the company of the most lives ever saved. But for us to continue to do that, we need more donors. And that has been challenging recruiting donors because we typically do live drives where we'll go to a college campus or we'll go to a corporation and we can't do that right now. You know, the last thing a college campus wants is a big group of people together, and we don't want that either. So we've really turned to online marketing and telling stories. But we would love our listeners to take a moment, go to be the match.org and sign up. And if you're not able to sign up for whatever reason, tell a friend, tell a family member, share a story about be the match. You know, our biggest challenge, and it has been for many years is the disparity that exists on our registry. And what I mean by that is if you are a white Caucasian patient, you have a 77% chance of getting those life-saving cells. And I'm gonna use the, the far, exam the far um, example of this, although it's everything in between. If you're a black African-American, you have a 23% chance only of finding that life-saving match a 54% difference. I, I don't know this is fact, but I believe it has to be one of the greatest disparities in modern medicine. Wow. And that's not okay. And that has been, you know, our vision is to democratize cell therapies, equal outcomes for all for several years. I know this past year has been one of, of a lot of awareness building for many people. And so for our organization, we continue to try to close that gap, but it's challenging. 
So we need more individuals of ethnically diverse backgrounds to join the registry. It's harder to match an African-American patient. It's harder to match a Hispanic patient than it is a Caucasian white patient. So we need more people on the registry. And then when you're on, we need you to say yes. We find that a greater number of individuals of a black African-American background say no when called for a variety of reasons, but we need you to say yes. So we really need to change that dynamic. And I would love for Minnesota to lead the way and all of our listeners to help us really show the world and show the United States that we can change this. We can absolutely change this. I, I look forward to the day where I can say there's no difference based on the color of your skin if you can receive a life-saving transplant. The other challenge, of course, is patients as they're going through their transplant, and there's always a need, but it has increased 200% the need for pre- and post-transplant grants. I mean, the stories have just been heartbreaking of loss of jobs and trying to figure out how to pay for their transplant. Even if they have insurance, oftentimes, you know, and Jordana, you, you've been a great example. You've shared that you go down to Mayo. So if you can imagine with a transplant, you may be in the hospital for 30 days, maybe up to 90 days, and your family has to mm -hmm. at times pick up and move to wherever that transplant center is. Well, now you have additional expenses that you didn't expect. And we have just had so many patients come forward and say, I have a match, but I can't afford the housing. I can't afford to get the transplant. And so your donations are so appreciated. Anything we can do to increase that 11 million that we received last year to give back to patients so they can receive that transplant is incredibly helpful. And then last, we need ambassadors. We need great people to tell our story, to go out once you can to college campuses and tell the story, to corporations, to share social media posts. Um, we just love all of our volunteers and all of our ambassadors. And, and again, I, I would love for the state of Minnesota to just lead the way throughout all of these components. Oh, that's great. And people can share this podcast. So hopefully this is a great uh, vehicle for them to uh, share the story. Wonderful. For sure. Blood, money, and support. Amy, we can do all of those things. We can <laughs> yeah. help you. Yeah. And uh, Amy, we didn't have any more formal questions, but is there anything that we didn't ask you? Is there anything that you want to add? I mean, are there any restrictions uh, that you want to throw in? Just anything in closing. Yeah, great question. So I often get asked, why is there an age limit? And we do have an age limit of 45. And here's the reason. Studies have shown, and again, this great work the organization has done from an outcomes perspective, that the outcome of the patient is significantly better based on the age of the donor. So the younger the donor, the better the outcome for the patient. And so we start to see as we creep up on that 40, 45, that the outcome isn't as good for patients. And certainly over the age of 45, it really starts to impact. And so we, again, with that patient-centric focus that we have as an organization. As much as we would love to register everybody in the world, regardless of age, we, we have to make sure that we're focusing on what's best for the patient. So the younger, the better. Um, of course, your marrow works great for you as you age, but unfortunately, when we give it to somebody else, um, the younger, the better. So again, that's why we spend a lot of time on colleges 
college campuses tend to be a lot of 18 to 25 year olds. So if you know of any 18 to 25 year olds or any of our listeners, we really need you. You, um, again, really not only can save a life, but really help from that quality of life perspective post-transplant. Otherwise, I would just say, Jordana, we're wishing you, you know, we're all thinking about you and um, wishing you just the absolute best. And I, I think uh, to the listeners, know that there is somebody out there right now that has a family that is looking forward to Valentine's Day, looking forward to tomorrow, but they need you. And for one simple swab of your cheek, a couple hours in a chair, you literally could give someone the gift of life. And, it, and we, we have to wait a year, but one of the most beautiful things, and you can look on our, our website or, or, you know, Google it, is when a donor and patient meet for the first time and that patient gets to meet the person who saved their life, it is one of the most beautiful moments that I have ever witnessed in my life. And that could be you. So that's all I would add. Thank you both so much for having me today. And letting me tell the story of Be The Match. It's something I'm so proud to be part of. So I really appreciate being able to share it with our listeners today. I really am the luckiest person that I get to work at Be The Match and I get to lead it and I get to give back after having the experience. I really am just, I'm so lucky. Oh, it was just great, Amy. Thank you. It was just uh, wonderful. We can't wait to get this message out and everybody will enjoy listening to this. So thank you. Yeah, really beautiful. Amy, and your social posts are amazing. I follow you on all your social, whoever's managing it, doing a really great job. And, um, uh, you know, again, seeing those reunions is, is really terrific. Be the Match CEO, Amy Ronenberg, we want to thank you so much for joining us. You have inspired, you have educated and motivated. I have a couple of up and coming 18 year olds. And yes, they will be on the registry as soon as they can. Uh, Kate, I don't know about you, but I'm just I'm just awed and inspired. I am the same way, Jordana. It's just been wonderful visiting with you, Amy. I also have two young um, daughters that I'll be sharing the message with, but just thank you so much. And thank you, Jordana, for sharing your story too. And thank you for listening to See Speak Minnesota, the language of executives, a podcast by PNC Bank Minnesota and WCCO Radio. We'll see you next time.